this one when you're ready, after you let, your, let those things go, turn your hands over again to receive things that replace doubt and anxiety and pain <coughs> and, that, and uh, sin. And, and be ready to receive. And I, I'm hoping and believing that right now we're going to receive some gifts from God. This morning when we prayed, one of us prayed uh, out of the verse that says, strength is made perfect in weakness. So for us to sit here incomplete and, and weak is okay because God fills in the gaps between what we hope for and who we are. He says, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. So it's okay to be weak, but let's receive God's strength right now. So hands up, Jesus. We open our hands to you, Holy Spirit. We, we ask you. You said that you have created many parts in the body and that as each part does its work, then it grows up and matures in you, Christ. So, Holy Spirit, we ask you for the bits and pieces of the wisdom and the insight that we need together this morning as a church to follow you and to respond to you to get ready for what you're about to do. Okay, so now, some of us are pretty confident that God has given us things and we're quick to speak. And I want to ask, everybody put your hand up like this, like you're on a bike and you're going to turn right. (laughs) If... um, If you're that person who is fairly quick to speak and confident, go down with your hand. Yeah? Yeah? That's legit. I'd go with you. I agree. Okay. If you're one of the slowest people in the room to be confident about God speaking through you and you really don't want to say anything today and you probably think he's not going to give you anything, put your hand all the way up. All the way up. Okay. 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 Everybody put your hands down. So what I mean by that in general is those of you that put your hands down, let's, let's choose to be slow to speak right now. And those of you that had to put your hand up higher, I want to ask you to be willing to be quicker to speak than you would. Sometimes we don't hear what God wants to say because the voices that he's spoken to aren't willing to speak up. And sometimes you've heard something from God actually because you're struggling and maybe you're irritated with something that's going on. And that irritation is just, a, it, it's, a, it's a fleshly response to what could be a godly restlessness. Does that make sense? Like sometimes God is trying to tell me something, but the way it manifests is that I'm kind of angsty. <laughs> and I always assume that's just me being fleshly. But I think sometimes it's just, I don't know how to respond to God quietly saying, not that way, or don't go there. And so maybe, you know, if if you've had this kind of ongoing and you're feeling of unsettledness about yourself or about the church or about God, that might be God trying to say something new to you. And you might need to say, God, what is that? What is that? God wants to use his whole body this morning. And so I I need to stop real quick. (laughs) And we need to hear from you. But I would encourage you, to filter your thoughts and anything that you share by three filters. One thing is we can think of good thoughts on our own and have good ideas on our own, 
And that's, those are good things, but they're just from me. And so I would filter out what you know is just you. And if you think God is speaking to you, he may be speaking to you personally and just saying, hey, Jonathan, I want to tell you this. And so you go, okay, that's cool. Or he may be saying, Gail, I want to say this to your body right now. I want to say this to my body right now. And so I'm just going to leave it to you to, to use those filters. You know, what's from me? Okay, I'll set that aside. What's, what's just for me? Okay, I'll keep that to myself. Is there something that's for the body today? And then that, that's what we want to hear. So, and this is a super safe place to learn how to do this. So don't worry. The last thing I want you to do is hold back. The last thing I want you to do is come up to me when we're done and say, you know, I had this thought and I didn't share it. You do not have permission to do that. <laughs> you do not have permission to hold back. And if you say something and, and it doesn't seem to resonate, that's okay. That's okay. It's way more disappointing to not have said something we needed than to have said something we eh, kind of didn't really need. So are you, do you receive what I'm saying and are you willing to do this together right now? Yeah? Okay. And I promise we'll be back in Psalms next week, and I'm actually teaching next week, so I, I will come with a message. I have one right now. I just know Jesus said don't teach it. <laughs> so. so where are you, especially you quiet voices, you voices we never have heard from? Is there any sense of what God's heart and his mind for us is today? Yeah, Kathy. Okay. Okay. So that song resonates with you, but you have trouble um, reflecting that song yourself, you say, and running after people. Okay. All right. such a good word. So the scripture, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind or self-discipline. Yeah, you're wanting to claim that and believe that for us. And you said the natural thing for us is to actually continue in the fear and to be afraid. And that we don't need to do that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, because God, uh, when prophecy comes, all he's doing us is telling us what he's about to do. He's not instructing us what we need to do. So when God says something's coming, the response can be, oh gosh, I can't wait, rather than, oh no, what does this mean for me? Yeah, that would be a, an unfaithful response to say, oh, wow, yeah. And two, we're, sp we're talking right now about us corporately, so God doesn't call us out individually. I've been lately trying to get over being nervous talking to you guys, and I just keep having to remind myself, hey, they like you. <laughs> <laughs> that nobody, I don't think, has a scorecard. And nobody's going, eh, I'm going to give them a two out of five there. You know, that's just not happening in this room. That's not true. You love me. You love Jesus. We love each other. And it's really unnecessary for me to be nervous because that nervousness steals my energy. It steals my clear thinking. So, 
Yeah, Tom. <laughs> oh, now you swung it the other way. And that's the word today. Just, I think God is wanting to say, gosh, I want you to receive and understand. I love you so much. And I have so much hope for you. And I imagine days for you that are amazing. And you just keep receiving 2% of the day I have imagined because you're afraid and you doubt and you just don't believe I love you. You know, and he's not mad in saying that. He's just like, gosh, you're holding me back. <laughs> I'm trying to love you so well. And you're holding me back. Yeah. Right? Right. Yeah. Would you come and read that into the mic so we can all... Let, as Tom reads this kind of slowly, let's just receive the truth of it. And this way, too, we can get it on recording for those that aren't here. No, no, no you, I just talked about nervousness. Come on, everybody here loves you. I know. Okay. So Paul in Ephesians 3.18 says, may, may you have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Yeah. And the next verse is... Yeah. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. There you go. That's the strength. Is God is love. Yeah. To him who is able. And that goes back just where you were. We're, I'm, we ask, am I able to be a part of this? And God said, I didn't ask that. Do you believe that I'm able? Right. And again, I know, I know you guys aren't fighting this. You're just forgetting it. <laughs> and we need to remember this. Teresa? Right. Yeah. Did you all catch that? Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. She just mentioned hearing God say, I need you to be risky and vulnerable and put yourself out there and go, go be known by, by this group. Yeah. Yeah. Corinne. Good sign. I think you're kind of summing up the, the word this morning, and that is to be okay with the weakness and the smallness and the brokenness and the incompleteness. Not that God will make us tens, but Jesus will be a ten now. 
Uh, it said the scripture said we proclaim him. We don't proclaim Quasi Sherwood or Andrew or, or anyone in particular. We proclaim Jesus who's the ten, not in a human ten, but in a God ten. Uh, and, and yeah, so that's, that's the word for sure. Another picture I want to share with you that's come to me lately that I think is becoming super helpful to me is for a long time the emphasis on sharing the gospel was around the word justification, and it's super important, and it is so much a part of the truth. The idea that Jesus takes we who are not justifiable as we are, we're broken, we're empty, we're sinful, and he makes us um, acceptable to God, and we call that justification. I have a just right to be in the presence of God because Jesus has made a way for that. Um, But if you only stop there, and that's the gospel you live in, you kind of stand at the door of the home of God, and you kind of are a doorkeeper, and you're just confronting people about whether they're justified or not so they can come in the door. And that the gospel that is only about justification is a bit of a judge and a doorkeeper and asking, should you be here? I, I don't think you can come in. Uh, oh, but you can come in. Did, did you pray the prayer? Okay, then you can come in. And we tend to stand at the door. But Jesus didn't invite us to be doorkeepers. He invited us to sit with him by the fire. And so if we go past the door and we go deeper into the house that is the presence of God, and this is what I think when Jesus tore that curtain to the Holy of Holies, he said, you don't need to stand by the door anymore waiting and hoping I'll let you in. The door doesn't exist. I just tore the door down. And he's saying, come in here and be with me. So the gospel is about absolutely being unjustified and becoming justified because of Jesus, but then going past that and coming into oneness with Christ and unity and being present with God. And if, if you stay here in the gospel, what you're tending to do is looking out the door and saying, hey, do you want to come in? <laughs> saying, hey, do you want to come in? Uh, there's more of this sense that, wow, I'm having a really good time right now with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit here by the fire, and somebody just walked by that was created in the image of God who Jesus paid the price for. I wonder if they want to come in because I'm having a good time. We've got chocolate chip cookies that just came out of the oven, and Jesus is holding my hand, and I kind of like that. You know, but, and then so somebody goes by, and it's, hey, do you want to come in? It's the gospel of hospitality and the gospel of invitation and the gospel of, gosh, I hope you can come in here too. Not the gospel of, wait a minute, wait a minute, are, are you, do you have the right to come in here? Now, it doesn't take this piece away, but this is the work of Jesus, and it's the work of the Holy Spirit, and it's a part of the truth we must proclaim. But we were not asked to stand at the door and proclaim, you can't come in until, you can't come in until, you can't come in until. It's, it's an invitation from here saying, hey, come in and join us. And then if they come to the door, then we want to come to the door and say, yeah, I want you to come in. Here's what we're doing. Here's what you can do too. And then they poke their head and they go, gosh, I want to come in, but I don't think I can. And then at that point, there's the need for, yeah, you're right. There's some resistance in you, isn't it? You don't feel worthy, do you? Yeah, I know. But Jesus has taken care of that. Do you want to receive that? He's taking care of it. So you get what I'm saying? And Jesus always started with hospitality and love. He did not come and say, all of you are sinners. And you will never see the Father unless you come to me. He came and said, I love you. What's, what do you want from me? And he was always hospitable first. Jesus, I can't see. 
Jesus, my daughter is possessed by a demon. He always said, how can I help you first? He stood there and said, how can I help you? He definitely took care of sin. And I don't mean to water that down, but it doesn't come first. And it's not the first word that the church is to be proclaiming to the world. You're all sinners and need to get it together. The first word is what? God loves you. And so I love you. God wants you. He wants a conversation with you. He wants to sit with you. I want a conversation with you. I want to sit you. Sit with you. I want to love you. That's what we're to reflect. Now, again, we will definitely let the Holy Spirit and be a part of dealing with the reality of sin. But that's not where the gospel begins. The gospel begins with, hey, here's all that's out there and all that's possible. Do you want it? Yes or no? Yes, I do. Okay, here's the way in. Or no, I don't want that. So I don't really care about the rest of the story. And so I would say that God is calling us, he's calling every church, to be that church in the city of Sherwood and where we live. So if we're going to represent Jesus well, we need to always lead with hospitality, always lead with acceptance, always lead with love. And that's where we begin. Yeah. Hello, Chef. Great. That sounds like the step of obedience that moves us towards everything we're talking about, right? You said it, Teresa, that I need to be more vulnerable and be available and courageous. And you're right. You've spoken the truth from the Spirit. Yeah. Unfortunately, we can do that together. It's not each one of us becoming Jesus, but it's us together. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Nina. Yeah, did you guys, could you hear, Lena was talking about coming to Portland and being unsure that she should be here and wanting to know if it was God's will, and she's found through community that she herself needed that hospitality, that invitation. She wasn't walking through the door. And so community has invited you in to be, right, to be close to Jesus. Right, right. Yep, yeah, yeah. And that's not the way of Jesus, right? He will judge. He will judge. He will judge. (laughs) That's not a part of, he doesn't, never commands us to judge. He commands us to discern among ourselves, but he doesn't command us to judge the world ever or anyone in the world. That's not a part of the gospel. Yeah, he'll do that. Yeah. Jonathan. Yeah. And I think we can step into that. You want to come up, Peter, and, and those of you that are leading worship, and we'll step into that. And, and, and let's, let's obey the word that we've heard. And I think one of the strongest words was where Alicia ended, and that is that we can't really fully step into this as a church just on Sunday. Sunday's a huge piece, absolutely. But, but we are going to need to be together more. And obviously not all of us, but, but in parts. And we do have things like the potlucks that we're doing, and we have some communities. That's a piece of it. Don't get tripped up in the details. Community may look different for you, but community definitely means you not by yourself but with some other Christians. 
maybe it does mean in the fall, and, and what I'm hoping we're going to do in the fall is that all of us, or most of us, are going to end up in a group with a few other people in this room at somebody's house, uh, regularly, whatever that means. But that does mean regularly that there's a commitment. It does mean that there's a house to gather in, so we need hosts. Um, it does mean that it's a priority, so you put it on your schedule. So if God is leading us to be more faithful to each other in community in the fall, then I know that sounds really practical and programmatic, but that's a part of obedience, right? I mean, you obey well when it's in your calendar, and you obey well when it's a regular thing you're doing. It's called a rule of life. So let's consider that. But beyond that, right now, for the next 15 or so minutes, let's pray together the words of the songs. Let's sing them as prayers. Songs give us really good words, words we might not have thought of on our own. So let's, let's own these words as we sing. Let's pray them out. And then can we let today be the beginning of a unique week where you keep going with what we started this morning? Would you and your household keep going uh, down the path that we all just got onto? So listening to the Holy Spirit, um, saying, yes, God, I, I want to live in the fullness of what you mean for Diane Weiser to be. I want to live in that fullness. And would you chase after God this week and really go after him and listen to him? You may need to clear your schedule a little bit to do that, but schedule some time. And let's come back next week a little fuller, uh, a little more courageous, a little more attentive. And, and maybe if we take this walk, you know, as we get to the fall, we'll be ready for whatever's coming. And, uh, yeah, right? That's what that's saying. Okay. Peter, it's all yours.